Welcome everyone to Class Half Full. I'm your host, Jordan. And I'm your host, Ben. We are both lovers of classical music and want to share the fun and accessible side of it through this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and like us on social media to stay up to date on all of our new episodes and content. The links are in the description, as well as the link to this episode's companion YouTube playlist, where you can find the full recordings of every piece we listen to today. If you have any questions on how to use the playlist, there will also be a tutorial video on our YouTube account. Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge that some of the topics we cover may be foreign to many of our listeners, so please feel free and even encouraged to reach out via comments, email, or social media with any questions or requests for future episodes. Please enjoy, thanks for listening, and welcome to Class Half Full. Hi everyone, welcome to our first episode of Class Half Full. I'm Jordan Gunn, I play the cello, and I'm from Champaign, Illinois. And my name is Ben Nettleback, I play the trombone, and I am from Martinsville, New Jersey. Mm. We wanted to make this podcast because we think classical music has kind of developed a stuffy stigma, and we don't think it's very stuffy. No, not Um, at all. We don't think it's very boring or inapproachable, but... Unapproachable. Lots unapproachable. (laughs) Yep, I speak English. Um, A lot of people do feel that way, unfortunately. And And I think that's mostly the fault of the musician. I think there's just a lot that we can do that we don't do. So we're trying to do it with this podcast. Yes. And we also just wanted to show you some of our favorite pieces while we do this because there's so much out there and there's such a variety Mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to find exactly what is your favorite sometimes. So we wanted to give you a wide variety of music over this, over the next few episodes. Um, so you can kind of have a greater understanding of what you like. Yeah, I think classical music has kind of gotten pigeonholed into either the music of your grandparents or yeah. the music you uh, turn on quietly and study to. Right, exactly. And I think there's just so much more out there that's so exciting and innovative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people don't even know that it exists. Music that for us is impossible to study to. I yeah. mean, you just, you can't. You just get so distracted listening to it. I can't concentrate even when I'm reading a book. If there's music playing in the background, yeah. I completely lose my train of thought. Right. So we don't want to ruin that music for you guys, but right, we want to show some more music that you can listen to mm-hmm. just for the fun of it, just yeah. to explore your mind. And-, and also open some people up to the idea of maybe going to a live concert. Yes, Um, which we find very important. We love recordings, but uh, going to a live concert is definitely way more enjoyable, and it's much more enjoyable if you can understand what's going on, and if you have some strategies on ways to understand it. Yeah, and it's very affordable. It's as much as a movie ticket. Yeah. Um, So, and there are great ensembles, Mm -hmm. orchestras, small groups that you can go to. Every city in the United States has a great orchestra. Yeah, and And they don't just play. They don't just play. Uh, strictly classical they do a lot of pop music um Mm -hmm. i know the national symphony in washington dc has collaborated with kendrick lamar oh cool um and i didn't know that i i don't really know that much about pop music but (laughs) um so we came up with three methods of listening to classical music yes that we use to understand it a little bit better yeah and I don't think they're actually even very difficult. Uh, they're not anything that's really complicated. Right. You don't need an advanced degree in musicology uh-huh. or music theory to understand this. Yeah. Very, very simple methods um, that make mm-hmm. everything a lot more fun to listen to. So we wanted to talk today about some symphonies that we really enjoy and use them as examples to flex these tex- uh, techniques, flex the techniques that we're going <laughs> to be talking about. Maybe let's just talk about a symphony first. Mm-hmm. And maybe Jordan, you want to explain that? Sure. So a symphony 
is both the style of composition as well as the ensemble. So mm. when you go hear the symphony, you're listening to the symphony orchestra with um, strings, winds, brass, and percussion. But the symphony itself, the music that they're playing is the written composition. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times orchestras will play symphonies, but it's not the only kind of piece they can play. Right. Uh, a lot of times they'll play concertos, which are for solo instruments and right. orchestra um, or overtures, which are meant to be kind of like a, a preview for what's to mm-hmm. come. Um, so we'll show you those examples throughout um, the next few episodes. But for today, we want to just stick with some symphonies. the symphony uh-huh. and also um, yeah. a suite form as well. But it's, it's very, yeah. very similar to just the symphony. Uh-huh. So the symphony is comprised of segments of music mm-hmm. uh, with little pauses in between. And generally... A symphony is written around a central theme or an idea. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect for this first method. Yes. So the first method is following a central theme or motive. Mm-hmm. And the best composer that we found for that was Beethoven. He's probably one of the most famous composers. I'm sure a lot of you recognize his name. His fifth symphony specifically has a very strong and short motive mm-hmm. that gets carried throughout the entire piece. Super famous. It's been used in car commercials, TV shows, mm-hmm. movies. Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercials. So let's listen to that opening motive. We're mm-hmm. just going to listen to the first, tenth, uh, the first 10 seconds of yeah. the Fifth Symphony. Lots of numbers. Um, and this <laughs> is the Vienna Philharmonic conducted by Carlos Kleiber. Try and count how many times you can hear the motive being passed around. Ben, how many times did you count? Uh, I lost count. I got 12. So anybody out there also got 12? That'd be great. Anybody got 13? Whoa. I don't you know. stump me. Once I get past the 10 fingers, I it's really hard. Run out. <laughs> Start using your toes. So we wanted to just talk about why this is interesting to us and why it's important and a good yeah. way to listen to music. Um, the motive itself is very well related to the composer. Um, mm-hmm. He was a very stubborn guy. He was going deaf throughout his uh, musical career. And Ouch. at the time that he was writing this symphony, he was he had lost about like 60% of his hearing. Um, not fun. Not fun. And then throughout the rest of his career, he, he continued to compose while completely deaf. <laughs> so this guy was a very stubborn... Frustrated. Um, frustrated man and you can kind of hear that in the motive we think because it's those four notes bum 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 and the first three are the exact same pitch so it's it's as if he can't move away from that pitch mm-hmm. yeah. it's trying really hard and then finally gets yeah. there and then as he keeps repeating the motive you get this idea that like he can't move on he's mm-hmm. he's, he's stuck. stuck in the motive yeah he's trying really hard to explore new ways but it's still surrounded by mm-hmm. that idea that motive i think it's important to to recognize that there are other themes in mm-hmm. the piece yes because it's uh, it's a pretty long symphony mm-hmm. um it's at least 45 minutes but it it always comes back to that original theme right um throughout the four movements you can see that the theme changes and grows and develops but it's always at its core those four notes right in some form yes So let's listen to the end of the first movement so you can see how 
it has grown and um, been played by lots of different instruments, mm -hmm. but it's still based off of yeah. that, that same theme. So let's, let's take a look at that. So um, another way that we like to listen to music is based off of what we were talking about with Beethoven going deaf. The historical context behind that composer made it make more sense to us, mm -hmm. um, made the motive more understandable. And so that's our second method, using historical context. Um, and another composer we thought was pretty great for this was Shostakovich. Mm -hmm. So Dmitry Shostakovich was born in 1906 in St. Petersburg, Russia, mm -hmm. and he was living in Russia in a pretty hard time to be a creative musician because right. Stalin, um, he was against an idea called formalism, which basically meant that it was music that was hard to understand. Right, fancy pants music. Yeah, so... It's kind of ironic that we are making this podcast and talking about him because that's what we're also kind of against. Right. But we do love creativity and diversity, which is where we feel for Shostakovich a lot in this mm -hmm. case because he yeah. wasn't allowed to express his feelings about the country at the yeah. time and how he really felt things were. But, but particularly today, we wanted to talk about his fifth symphony. Mm -hmm. So his fifth symphony is significant because it was a response to the criticism that he got for his fourth symphony, yes. which was criticized as being formalist. Yeah. Um, so Stalin thought that the fourth symphony was too hard to understand and not Russian enough. Yeah. Didn't um, glorify Russia enough. Right. Um, so he created his fifth, fifth symphony in response to that and everyone loved it Stalin was very pleased it's very triumphant very nationalist and it's an amazing amazing symphony really fun to play for the brass yeah, it's play very, really really loud yeah lots of like <laughs> fanfare type stuff uh -huh. um, but you can hear in that symphony that there's still a lot of struggle and restraint that he mm -hmm. that he had in order to please Stalin and the USSR and right. Yeah, to me, it almost sounds kind of like sarcastic. Yeah, and fearful. One of the, the aspects that we enjoy the most um, is at the end of his fourth movement of the symphony, of the fifth symphony, you can hear the brass like extremely triumphant, like fanfares, go Russia, it sounds mm -hmm. like a national anthem. And the strings are just playing the exact same note over and over and over and over again for like two or three minutes. Yeah, a we're going to listen time. to kind of a long chunk of it. And it, mm -hmm. they don't they don't change. They don't change at all. Which when you are given the historical context, you can interpret it as 
um, the restraint that they felt, the inability to change, to be who they wanted to be, um, you know, conforming to yeah. what the government mm-hmm. wanted them to be. Yeah, it might almost be a representation of Shostakovich himself. Right, exactly. Yeah. So let's listen to that and try to hear the juxtaposition of the strings and the brass, especially. So this is the Marinsky Theater Orchestra. Uh, with conductor Valery Gergiev. this symphony because of these sort of techniques that Shostakovich uses. Yeah. But another great symphony that has similar but more intensely executed techniques is his 10th symphony where he literally has themes that represent himself and that represent Stalin. Mm -hmm. And throughout the symphony, um, there'll be movements that are just based off of Stalin, movements that are just based off of Shostakovich, but in the fourth movement, they sort of collide and create this um, battle scene. Yeah, it's in like a way. surround sound. Um, so we're not going to listen to that one, but it's a it's a cool thing that uh, we wanted to talk about because he literally like signed the music, which is super awesome. Yeah. But this was one of the things that he wrote it, and he couldn't really be super vocal about it because mm-hmm. he probably would have gotten in trouble. Right. Uh, definitely would have gotten in trouble. So it was more hidden. Yeah, it was kind of an unspoken thing that scholars have gone back and analyzed mm-hmm. um, and figured out. Yeah. But some composers do have the freedom to say what they're writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is our third method of listening to music. When they literally write the title out. Right. <laughs> which is what we call programmatic music. Um, so a great example of that is The Planet Suite by Gustav Holst. Mm-hmm. So this piece is in suite form, which just means that uh, instead of four longer movements, it's a bunch of shorter movements. Mm-hmm. So in this case, there's a movement about every planet, mm-hmm. uh, except for Earth and except for Pluto. Though. Yeah. Pluto. Pluto. But Pluto. But we don't count Pluto as a planet. Yeah, it's exactly. a dwarf planet. Yeah. I think. Something like that. They've changed their mind a lot. I don't know. I just play trombone. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this is a great example of programmatic music, which mm-hmm. basically just means that it's written about something. Right. Um, so each movement has a title. So the first one is Mars, the bringer of war. Right. So it's sort of based off of like Greek, um, what mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, Roman Roman mythology and also yeah. uh, kind of a, a spatial, a, is, is celestial... astrology or astronomy? Which one's Astronomy. The... Astronomy. <laughs> Sorry. Your horoscope. Um <laughs> I think. Yeah, so we're going to listen to <laughs> Mars, the bringer of war, and we think it's a great movement. <laughs> 
And yeah. this is the Chicago Symphony Orchestra with conductor James Levine. like this is really fun because it's almost like a game like you read the title and then you listen to the piece and you can compare in your brain and use your imagination to fill in the gaps yeah uh we think particularly that the very beginning of mars depicts war really well um in the strings there's this repeated rhythmic motive um that's five beats long that just goes on throughout the entire piece yeah right um, kind of like in the Beethoven, how it's had bum 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 bum. The Holst has da 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 da. And um, what's interesting about that motive is it's actually in five four meter, mm-hmm. which means you count to five before you restart. So traditionally, music is in two or four. That's why you can tap your foot and nod your head when you're listening to something. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to tap your foot to this piece because five is not an even number. And right. it's not... There's uh, like an extra beat in there. Yeah. And it, it, may, it makes you feel really on edge, which I think really helps make you feel like you're in the war zone. Right. Yeah. It's also interesting how the strings in this motive use this extended technique called collegno, where they turn the bows upside down and tap it against the strings. And it creates this kind of click clack kind of sound yeah and it's especially prominent in the beginning when you can kind of imagine the army is over the hill and in the distance and you can hear all you can hear is their bootstraps clicking as they walk Mm -hmm. as they march towards you yeah and then as they get closer and the music gets louder um the the brass comes in and the woodwinds are playing really loud and Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very physically angry feeling once everybody kind of gets over the hill and you can see them. Yeah, the war has started. So let's listen to the end of Mars where it really reaches the the height of the tension. can't study to that wow amazing i can at least so loud (laughs) okay so um obviously he wrote a few other movements as well and another one that we wanted to play for you is jupiter 
which is the bringer of jollity. That's very jolly. Wow, it's so jolly. <laughs> um, so why do you think, what are some of the parts of the piece that make you think, wow, how jolly is this? Well, I think in direct contrast with Mars, right. um, the notes are moving around and they're really jumping around. It's almost yeah. like you're running. Frolicking. Yeah, frolicking. Uh, the Mars Dancing. is very repetitive. It's the same five five beat figure throughout Mm -hmm. the whole piece and it just grows and grows and grows until it's super angry and it punches you in the face and this one is just very happy and moving around and yeah and it's it's got a light and and fairy like quality as Mm -hmm. well as this kind of like um boisterous boisterous like santa claus santa clausy kind of Uh um of character to it which is yeah. cool you don't really get that in the mars in the mars is just Definitely like this not. dark evil Ugh. slow yeah, burn run away yeah but this is very fun and yeah. exciting and you can hear that in the opening with the strings mm-hmm. and in the uh, melody in the brass and that's pretty much most of um that movement yeah it's it's a really fun it's really movement. fun it's not that long either i think that's a great part of the sweet form is since there's so many movements it's you get a lot of a lot of breaks and you get a lot of mm-hmm. different flavors of music. Yeah, a little taste of everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, those are our three methods of listening to classical music. We hope you enjoyed them. Yeah, obviously, there are so many other ways to listen to classical music. Yes. And any way you listen to it is correct. These are just some of uh, the ways that Tools. we think are uh, the easiest to approach. Yes, definitely. Uh, a good place to start. And music like Beethoven 5 that's not written about anything in particular it gives you a lot of creative freedom and mm-hmm. you can you can really make whatever you want out of it and mm-hmm. i think that's kind of the beauty of classical music right no words haha thanks for listening to today's episode of class half full we hope it was both enjoyable and educational and that you will subscribe and like us on instagram and facebook if you're interested in diving deeper into the contents of today's episode or have any questions please also feel encouraged to reach out via reviews email or social media all of the links are in the description Shout out to Brett Copeland and Julie Gunn for playing tuba and piano with us in our theme song. And special thanks to Brett for writing the music and mastering the track. We hope you'll join us again next week here on Class Half Full, as there's always more music to explore and enjoy.